Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 62 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. If you live anywhere along the Gulf Coast region, you may be familiar with the species that we're going to talk about today. Today's topic is going to feature the American alligator. The scientific name is Alligator Mississippiensis. The alligator receives its name from the Spanish word el lagarto, meaning lizard. The American alligator is a member of the crocodile family, and it's a living fossil from the age of reptiles. They have survived on Earth for over 200 million years. Alligator populations reached an all-time low in the 1950s, primarily due to market hunting and habitat loss. Market hunting is the take of wildlife resources without the proper permits or regulations to do so. So due to the high number of market hunters and the habitat loss where alligators live, that led to the severe decline in their numbers. However, in 1987, the alligator was pronounced fully recovered, making it one of the first endangered species success stories of its kind. Today, alligators are found throughout the southeast from the Carolinas all the way down to Texas and north up into Arkansas. Here in Texas, the distribution of the alligator is limited by our habitat and temperature requirements to the eastern portion of the state as defined by the area along the Texas Gulf Coast. The greatest density of population of alligators is located in the area that has the best wetland habitats, such as coastal marshes, natural lakes, and some reservoirs. The story of the alligator's decline and recovery is one to be told for generations. Historically, alligators were depleted from many parts of their range as a result of the market hunting and habitat loss. 
40 years ago, many people believed that this unique reptile would never recover to its numbers again. Under a law that preceded the Endangered Species Act of 1973, the alligator was listed as endangered. What endangered means is that it is considered in danger of being extinct throughout all or throughout a significant portion of its range. Once an animal becomes extinct, it will never come back again. It's gone forever. A combined effort by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and state wildlife agencies in the South saved these alligators. The Endangered Species Act prohibited alligator hunting, allowing the species to rebound in numbers in many areas where it had been depleted. As the alligator began to make a comeback, states established alligator monitoring programs and used this valuable information to ensure that numbers continued to grow. In 1987, the Fish and Wildlife Service pronounced the American alligator fully recovered. They consequently removed the animal from the list of endangered species. Although the American alligator is secure, some related animals, such as several species of crocodiles and caimans, are still in trouble. It is for this reason that the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service continues to protect the alligator under the classification as threatened because of the similar appearance they have to crocodiles. The Fish and Wildlife Service regulates the harvest of alligators and the legal trade in the animals, their skins, and products made from them. This is all part of their effort to prevent the illegal take and trafficking of endangered look-alike reptiles. The story of the American alligator is one of both drastic decline and complete recovery. A story of state and federal cooperation, it is truly one of the best success stories of our nation's endangered species program. Too many times people confuse alligators and crocodiles. What's the difference? What's the similarities? And it's all based on appearance, location, and there's a lot that go into their size, body weight, their skill set, and how they feed. So the main difference between alligators and crocodiles is the shape of their snout. Alligators have a wide, rounded, U-shaped snout. Crocodiles have a long, pointed, V-shaped snout. When their mouths are shut, crocodiles look like they're flashing a toothy grin. The fourth tooth on each side of the lower jaw sticks up over the upper lip. For alligators, the upper jaw is wider than the lower jaw. So when they close their mouths, all of their teeth are hidden. As far as the size and weight of these two, both gators and crocodiles are massive reptiles. Alligators can grow to be anywhere between 10 to 15 feet long as adults, weighing in at an average of 500 pounds. Crocodiles, on the other hand, can reach an impressive 14 to 17 feet and can weigh as much as 2,200 pounds. Another difference in these two is their range. So the American crocodile lives in several different places within the Americas, including Mexico, Central and South America, the Caribbean, and South Florida. Again, the alligator is also found in South Florida, among other places along the Gulf Coast states. 
But South Florida is the only place that you can find both the American alligator and the American crocodile both together in the wild. Here in Texas, American alligators that are less than three feet in length generally eat spiders, insects, crawfish, shrimp, minnows, and crabs. However, they will eat other food sources that are small enough for them to swallow whole. As they grow up, fish, turtles, frogs, snakes, and small birds become an important part of their diet. Alligators greater than four foot long can easily eat a wider variety of food items and are opportunistic feeders. The diet of an adult alligator is mostly made up of crawfish, crabs, non-game fish, and carrion. Occasionally, game fish, large turtles, wading birds, waterfowl, muskrat, nutria, otters, raccoons, other alligators that are smaller, feral hogs, and even white-tailed deer are eaten. Non-food items such as glass bottles, brass objects, and wood are frequently consumed by alligators, so it's very important to be mindful of where you are and not to litter when you're in alligator country. Because they are opportunistic feeders, that means they will eat anything. Oftentimes, they have been found swimming along the banks and the bayous with their mouths open and they're ingesting everything that can filter through their mouth. So a lot of times they do ingest those non-food items. So again, be real careful of what you're throwing on the ground and in the water when you're in alligator country. Wetlands are vital habitat that hold the key to alligators' continued survival. Alligators depend on wetlands, and in some ways, the wetlands also depend on them. As predators at the top of the food chain, alligators help control the number of rodents and other animals that might overtax and overstay their welcome in a marshland vegetation. The alligator's greatest value to the marsh and other animals within it are the gator holes that many adults create and expand throughout the years. An alligator uses its mouth and claws to uproot vegetation to clear out a space, then shoving its body and slashing with its powerful tail, the alligator wallows out a depression that stays full of water in the wet season and holds water after the rain stops. During the dry season, and particularly during extended droughts, alligator holes provide vital water for fish, insects, crustaceans, snakes, turtles, birds, and many other animals in addition to the alligator itself. Alligators have a variety of means of movement. They can swim, walk, run, and even crawl. Unlike most reptiles, alligators walk with their legs directly beneath them as opposed to them walking with their legs diagonal. This allows for them to lift their tails up off the ground when they move. And if you've ever seen a video or had the unfortunate luck to be chased by an alligator, they can move pretty quick on land. The American alligator is a polyandrous animal. This means that one male alligator can mate with several females. However, one male usually mates with just one female per breeding season. Every season, a male will breed with a different female. 
Male alligators will confront other alligators over its space because it feels a threat for space preservation. Studies have shown that when one male alligator confronts another male alligator, this confrontation has a specific process that it usually follows. Each male alligator will open its mouth wide, it lunges its body upward, and attempts to be louder than the other. At this time, a hissing sound is produced instead of a bellow. Once the eggs have been laid, both sexes bellow. This bellow sound is often a chorus to claim the territory among other alligators in the area. The search for finding a potential mate starts in the spring. Both the male and female alligators participate in this process. This process can be time-consuming because each alligator has to find a mate that is fitting for its size, age, and readiness to mate. In both sexes, a trail is made by the excretions from the anal glands. This trail of pheromones make it easier for an alligator to find their potential mate. After the pheromone trail is laid, the male begins bellowing as a method to minimize crowding by other males in the area. While a female alligator concentrates activity where her nest is located, the male alligator will seek out an area where he can mate. Breeding usually happens in the same area in their territory. American alligators reproduce sexually with internal fertilization. Alligators are oviparous, meaning after fertilization takes place, the female lays eggs. American alligators are seasonal breeders and breed only once per year. The breeding season starts in April and lasts throughout June. Eggs typically hatch within 60 days. So why is this important during this time of year is if you are anywhere in alligator country, in alligator habitat, or around the types of water that alligators like to habitate, be aware that it is breeding season and the aggression of the alligators are a little bit stronger these days because the pheromones are increased and the females may have just been bred. They are very protective of their areas and nests and, of course, their eggs. Nearly all alligators become sexually mature by the time they reach approximately 7 feet in length, although females can reach maturity at 6 feet. A female may require 10 to 15 years, and a male may require 8 to 12 years to reach these lengths. Again, courtship happens April through about June, and when females are ready, they build a mound nest of soil, vegetation, or debris, and they'll deposit an average of 32 to 46 eggs in late June or early July. Incubation requires approximately 63 to 68 days, and hatching occurs from mid-August through early September. The female alligator is the only parent that exhibits parental care to the offspring. The male doesn't invest any time or effort, but he still may stay near the nest. The female is very protective of her new hatchlings from the pre-hatchling stage up until the pre-weaning stage. This usually lasts about a year after the eggs have hatched. The female alligator starts to build her nest in early summer. She'll select an area that already has debris, leaves, mud, and vegetation. 
The vegetation and other plant materials which are used for shade are formed to make a nest that's really close to the water's edge. The female will build her nest using her strong tail and won't gather anything using her mouth. If the material is not within a close distance, she really won't take the effort to retrieve it. Instead, she uses what she immediately has available in her location. After she lays her eggs, the female will cover her nest so that it's sheltered from the environment. She won't sit directly on top of the nest due to the potential of her crushing her eggs. Instead, she will remain within about three to five feet away from the nest. The absolute only time a female will stray away from her nest is when predation pressure is high. If she leaves the nest to avoid a predator, her nest then becomes vulnerable. Because the eggs are temperature sensitive, the female alligator will ensure that her nest is near a damp area that is close to a water source and will dampen her nest as necessary. The female alligator can leave her hatchlings while they are still on the egg if food becomes an immediate necessity for her, or if the nest is no longer available for predators. If she stays put past this period, she won't stay with her young for more than a year, at which time they will become independent. Studies found that in the American alligator's eggs, incubation will determine whether the babies are born male or female. Incubation at 93.2 degrees Fahrenheit and above will produce mostly males, while incubation at or lower than 86 degrees Fahrenheit will produce mostly females. This means that if the nest is laid on a riverbank or in the sunlight, the offspring will most likely be male. If the nest is in a cool and shady place, the eggs will more than likely be females. After the 65-day incubation period, the eggs begin to hatch. As the young begin to come out of their egg, they'll emit a very high-pitched croaking noise, and the female will quickly dig them out. The young, which are tiny replicas of adult alligators, will find their way to water. For the next several days, they will continue to live on yolk masses within their bellies. Baby alligators are born with a full mouth of teeth, from 60 to 80 of them as a matter of fact. However, one of their teeth goes away shortly after they're born. This is called the eye tooth, and this is a sharp protrusion, and it's located right on the tip of the alligator's nose. This eye tooth is used by the babies to break through their shell when it's time to hatch. The female alligator will show the babies the ropes up until about one to two years. By that time, the young gators are going to be able to fend for themselves and to be out on their own. All alligators are ectothermic. This means they rely on external sources of heat to regulate their body temperature. Alligators control their body temperature by basking in the sun or moving to areas with warmer or cooler air or water temperatures. Alligators are most active when the temperatures are between 82 to 92 degrees Fahrenheit. They'll stop feeding when the temperature drops below 70 degrees. 
and then they'll become dormant when the temperatures drop to below 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Alligators remain dormant throughout much of the winter season. During this time, they can be found in burrows or dens that they built right next to the alligator hole or open water. But occasionally, they will emerge to bask in the sun during spells of warmer weather. Naturally, when the human populations continue to grow along the Texas Gulf Coast and other coastal states, increased contact between people and alligators will be expected. Not only increased contact between people and alligators, but alligators and pets. Alligators will naturally shy away from humans. Problems will arise when people feed alligators because the alligator then loses its fear of humans and the alligator will begin to associate people with food. This produces a dangerous situation. An alligator that has been frequently hand-fed will often lunge at an outstretched hand. This action is often interpreted as an alligator attack, when in reality, the alligator has been conditioned to respond to an outstretched hand expecting to be fed. There are laws in many states that will fine you if you are caught feeding alligators along state property. Although alligators are normally sluggish or real slow in appearance, they will become quite agile if they're disturbed or annoyed or if they think there's a food source nearby. People and pets should never approach alligators closely. This is particularly true of nesting females, which is happening about this time of year. As with all wild animals, people should treat alligators with respect. Alligator and human conflicts are rare in Texas, but they are becoming more and more common these days. Most locations that have trails and picnic areas along the bayous and banks of waterways usually have signs posted that alligators are in the area if they are. There's also signage that usually will state that there is a fine for feeding wild alligators. It's very important to know your surroundings at all times and keep your head on a swivel, especially if you have small children and pets with you when you're out near the water's edge. We are in their habitat, and it's always important to remember that when you're out in nature. Just this week, a man was driving in the middle of the night across one of our bridges in Texas that goes over the San Jacinto River. About three o'clock in the morning, he had a collision with an alligator. Not just any alligator, but a 10-foot, 300-pound alligator was crawling around the bridge right along the interstate. Obviously not something you're expecting to see in the middle of the night lumbering across an interstate while you're crossing a bridge at 70 miles per hour. The driver hit the alligator and the alligator was killed. Heavy rainfall or weather changing patterns will get the alligators to get up and get on the move. It's not uncommon for them to be traveling this time of year, but even though they're shy by nature and generally keep to themselves when left alone, there are situations where there are human and alligator interactions.
A similar story happened just one week ago in Houston on another bridge, the Fred Hartman Bridge over by Baytown, east of Houston. An alligator was caught、um, hanging out on that bridge and had morning rush hour traffic stalled for quite a while. When you have that size of an animal hanging out in a place that they're not supposed to be on a bridge blocking traffic. Once the authorities and the game wardens were called and they were able to relocate that alligator back to the water's edge safely. Being gator safe requires following several rules. Don't feed the alligators, don't get too close to them, don't swim or wade where alligators also swim, not only you, but your children and pets. Don't let your pets near them. Don't agitate or tease alligators if you see them along the trail. Do not try to catch one. And don't ever approach an alligator's nest. On the flip side, the couple of do's are you want to observe them from a safe distance. Do discourage others from feeding them if you do see this behavior. Always treat them with respect as an important element of nature. Always get information about alligators from your local wildlife department or the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service or any other reputable source of information. Alligators are an important part of Texas coastal history and they play a key role in the ecology of Texas wetlands statewide. They are found in over 120 of our 254 counties statewide. As with all wild animals, people should treat alligators with the respect that they deserve. They're bigger than us, they're a lot stronger than us, and they're a lot older than us. They were here first, and we need to respect and recognize that we are in their habitat, and it is up to us to exercise our good judgment to make sure that everyone stays safe when in alligator country. Once again, there is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters, creating memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you have heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit NorthAmericanOutdoors.org and follow us on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day.